Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Many people have asked what it's like to train with a mace and being fused. Well, this episode dives into exactly that question. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the T3 Fit Scoliosis Podcast. On today's episode, we have Keola. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, That is his name on Instagram. That's where we know each other from. And it's actually through a mutual contact of uh, Mr. Rick Brown, otherwise known as Mr. Mace Man, um, who works with Mace. And that's how Kayla and I kind of connected. He's here to talk to us today about his journey of having scoliosis, being fused up until the present time and working with the Mace. So Kayla, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Oh, thank you for having me on your show, on your podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. Can you share with us, uh, how old were you when you were diagnosed? So it's, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll, I'll try and condense it as much as I can. So I was actually initially diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Okay. I was about, let's say I was probably about 25 or 26 years old. Can you share um, with us what that is? So that's a, it's a bowel condition. Okay. It's almost like Crohn's disease. Okay. So what I'd noticed around the time of when I was around 25 years old, I was always a very fit guy going to the gym from when I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. But at around the age of 25, I started losing a lot of weight. Okay. And I was losing a lot of energy. I was always weak. My back was always hurting, my hips. And I'd always go to the hospital and they were like, oh, no, we can't see anything wrong. So they would just give me, tell me to take painkillers and send me home. Mm-hmm. I went on a holiday to Nigeria around the time when I was 25. And I actually fainted when I was out there. I was doing some work on, in one of my parents', um, my parents businesses. Okay. I passed out and I had to be picked up. And that was when my parents were like, you know what? You need to go to the hospital and find out what's really going on. Okay. You're really, really skinny now. So I've gone to the hospital. They said, okay, you've got ulcerative colitis so that started a long journey of hospital visits you know not knowing what to do mm-hmm. decline you know my, my whole quality of life just started to reduce at that point okay so during one of the visits of going back to the hospital they they decided to take me in for an x-ray I went in for the x-ray and they they were like oh you've got scoliosis as well I was like what is scoliosis because at this time I, I had no clue what this was Okay. They were like, oh, the spine is um, curving to the left mm-hmm. a bit. So I, I thought to myself, wow, this must be the reason why my back hurts and, you know, for a, re- a reason for all the pain I've been feeling. And this, so you just had one curve, you had the C curve, you know? Um, or did I you have know. an S curve? I think it was an S curve because I think okay. it was, 
I, I don't know if it was more to the lower um, lumbar side or more to the um, thoracic side of my okay. spine. That was okay. In the in between. Okay. But you can see you can see the dip around my um, my ribs. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's it sounds like it might be a C curve. So, Possibly. But um, but anyway, continue. So obviously now I'm having to adapt to to this new discovery of this new discovery that I've got scoliosis as mm -hmm. well as the arthritis. And honestly, this these conditions they nearly took my life, you know. And one day I was going to the hospital and it was like, no, it can't just be these two conditions. Something else is happening. I'm really in pain. I can't move my neck anymore. Okay. It really. So they done it. They did another X-ray and they're like, oh, your neck is broken. And actually, we don't know how you're even alive, because they were like, this injury, you're me you're meant to be dead. I was like, what? Paralyzed? They were like, no, you're not meant to be paralyzed. You're not. So you're not actually meant to be alive. So they were like, really they were really like confused. They celebrated okay. me to the, which was really weird. They were like all panicky. So they decided that, okay, it must be, because they asked, they started asking me loads of questions. They were like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. How have you survived? I was like, I, I train a lot. I go to the gym a lot. So they came to the conclusion that it must be the exercise I used to do that kept me alive. It must've been the muscles. That kept you That's, alive. Yes, because the, the, the C1 and the C2 mm -hmm. had been, stable they were they were no longer aligned okay so basically it must have been the muscles that kept them in a okay. position okay because otherwise they, they would have just snapped yeah. apart wow so we had to have a surgery there and this is all so we all hear your accent but i know that your name is um nigerian yes that's correct and, but this all happened in the uk in the uk okay okay Wow. So, and how, how old were you when all this was happening? So this is, um, so starting from when I was 25 with the first diagnosis all okay. the way till I, so I would say this, I would have been about 30. Okay. So how long, I'm, I'm going to ask how long ago were you 25? Oh, I was 25, 12 years ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so you were saying that, uh, because of working out that that they said that's what kept you alive and share more about that journey so me and my brother we started working out you know I was 17 my little brother was 15 and we just okay. watch a lot of martial arts movies so we just decided the next stage is to go to the gym okay so we got a membership and that was how I really started with it I started first going to the gym mm -hmm. and then exploring different ways of training okay well, at the Time when I first started, it was all about heavy weights, bench press, squats, who can lift the heaviest, you know. Yeah. And I learned along the way that that's not obviously that's not the best way to train sometimes because I started to discover new ways and new uh, movement patterns. Okay. Like like what? Share with us what some of those are that you. So, so, so I'll go into it. So the what I noticed with the gym work, it was more straight lines. Mm -hmm. We practice linear patterns mm -hmm. I got introduced into these rotational movements mm -hmm. which obviously included the mace I'm sure you know what the mace is but for those who don't know yeah. it's a <laughs> the long, the long pole with a weight attached to the head and you control the you can it's, it's basically you you know with a dumbbell you've got the weight equally on both sides with right. this you've got the weight on both sides. 
And then I also started practicing with the rope. The slush ropes, yes. Yes, the mm -hmm. Indian club. Mm -hmm. And I just started, when I started seeing the benefits of this rotational movement, I started really into and finding what other methods are there into this rotation because it was, it, it was like something new to me. Mm -hmm. I'd always been in straight lines, the bench press, the squat, the deadlifts. I believe that's why I called the straight lines. Okay. It's just up and forward right. and backward. Okay. With the ropes, with the mace, and with the Indian clubs and the other stuff, you start rotating your body, you start twisting and turning. Right. And a new possibility for me, I would say. Okay. Okay. And, and sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. No, I was just going to uh, backtrack, but I'd like to hear more about this and then I'll backtrack. Okay. And what, what I was going to say is that that really helped with my recovery a lot. Okay. You know, finding out this new way of movement. Mm -hmm. when, when did you start working with these modalities known as unconventional, the, the clubs and the mace or the gatas as they originally are, uh, came across? When did you start uh, working with them? Interesting question. So I came up the last time, I, the, my last long visit in the hospital, that was September 2019. So I was in the hospital for about four weeks. Okay. And what happened, I was really, I was about eight stone in body weight. I weighed about 50 kilos. Okay. So they really, really had to bring me back to life. And I promised myself when I left that time, I was like, okay, you know what? I can't keep doing this in and out of hospitals. I decline and then they go, they give me a bit of a booster. I mm -hmm. come back out after back in. I thought I really need to take, do something about this. So I thought, okay, let me start with just training. I started with push-ups and doing, you know, the things that I'm, I'm used to doing. Mm -hmm. Push-ups, push-ups, nothing heavy. But then mm -hmm. I just realized it wasn't helping me. Okay. You know, because the same straight lines I've been doing, something in my body was just told me there's something else, try something else. So okay. I was doing some really, and the first thing I came across was the bull worker. I don't know if you've heard about that. No. It's a sure. product where yep. it's sure. a, like, like a long device and it's got a spring in the middle. And what okay. you do, you comp compress the springs. Okay. So that was what I first started with. Okay. I was noticing it's all getting from this. And then I bumped into Rick Brown on, on you know, on YouTube. And I was like, at first, I, I would see the video and I would ignore it. I would just go back onto something else. Mm -hmm. But it just kept coming up on my feeds, you know? And okay. I thought, what is this? So I didn't first, I didn't get the mace at first. Okay. I first, I first got the rope. So oh, I got okay. The rope. Okay, yeah, the slush ropes. Mm -hmm. The slush rope. But I, I, I found out about the ropes through a guy called David Weck. And I think he's the guy that started. I know who he is. Yes. So I was watching his videos and he was just really passionate mm -hmm. about what he and I, and I was just drawn to this passion, you know? Yeah. And I thought, what rope? It's just, it's just a rope. So I got a rope and I started swinging it around and I started seeing the benefits. And then as I was swinging the ropes, I was like, you know what? These ropes, they're good, but there's not much resistance. And mm -hmm. then that's when I was seeing this Rick Brown guy. Okay. The mace looks almost like the rope, but with a bit more weight to it. Right. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to get myself a mace. And then I bought my first mace, which was a five kilogram mace. Okay. And, and I, I, sorry, no, sorry to interrupt. Go, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you asked your question. I was just going to say, how long have you been working with all of these? 
So it would be probably since around 2019. Okay. I would say the end of the ending of 2019. Okay. I had to remember what year we're in <laughs> for a moment. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I got the five kilo mace and I was totally, I couldn't really do much of it, but I just knew when I would swing it around and watch all the videos, watch the mace man. Mm-hmm. And it was like, this stuff really does, it really does something for your body. The first thing I noticed was my upper back. Uh-huh. The, the thoracic part of my spine became more stable you know where I used to stand with and the scoliosis used to twist me up to the side right, right I noticed I was getting a bit more more posture okay and I just became real passionate I started putting in the the work putting in the the reps mm-hmm. I was a crazy guy just doing the reps doing the reps doing the reps even if my form wasn't the best and I didn't have like a um a tutorial or yeah anybody how to do it it was just all the videos i would watch on on youtube there was mm-hmm. rick Brown, there was um the flowing dutchman mm-hmm. there was that um, leo savage yep franken legs okay so i was there's, watching there's, all these yeah yeah there's a lot of people i, I think you was gonna say there's a lot of people in this yeah. community it there there is but it's also very small it's very interesting the dynamics of the mace world because it's as we said before, like it's starting to really take off, but it's still, you know, there's still a bundle of us that are just like the foundation crew is very small. Mm, yeah, very small. Yeah, as well. But, and, and it's a very friendly, friendly community because I, I reached out to Rick Brown one day mm-hmm. and I was like, I, I've been following your things. I've been using the mace and I was wondering if there's any like instructional book you could send to me. And he just, he replied almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And he, he sent this PDF where you could, um, the Indian club swinging techniques and mm-hmm. the mace swing. Yeah. And we used to talk a few times, you know, he would ask me about my mace journey. He was a very, very friendly guy, the mace yeah. man. Yeah, he's very, uh, he's very open and um, embracing because he's, yes. been, he's been doing it for so long. Um, very passionate about what he does. He is. He is. I'd like to backtrack a little bit. You had surgery, correct? Yes. How, how were you were talking about that you were in pain before when you were diagnosed at the age of 25. Um, And, and so you had surgery in the UK. How was it? Can you share a little bit of that part of your journey with us? Like how was it uh, from the time you were diagnosed or just before the surgery? And then after how what were the um emotional differences that you noticed that you had to adapt to during that time okay so when i was in the hospital and they celebrate me down that day and that that was the day they told me what was going to happen they were like okay you're c1 and c2 they're broken we're going to have to fuse them together i was like okay well what does that mean to Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. that means that means you're not going to be able to turn your your neck left or right okay I said, what, not even a little bit. And he was like, I'll say, what, how, what percentage? He was like, well, probably we're talking about like 20% rotation, maybe even less. Okay. I was like, okay, so what, can I look up and down? He goes, yeah, that's pretty much all you can do. And I, I remembered like, I, I did burst into tears, you know, when he did say, when he said that, and they gave me my time because that, this is like a life-changing moment. Yeah. 
and he's telling me, look, you're never going to be able to turn. I said, how permanent is it? He goes, look, we're going to put metal um, screws into your neck and you will never be able to turn your neck again. Mm-hmm. Got really emotional. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to have to do. So I went ahead with the surgery. I went there on my own. It was a, it was a success. But then when they took me for another checkup, they realized that, okay, we fused your C1 and C2, but during the whole time, your skull had already fused to your C1 by itself. So actually, you can't look up and down. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm fused from my skull all the way down to C2. Okay. So that, may, that means really all I've got is just a little bit. I can look down a little bit. Right. And if I left and right, I literally have to turn my body. You have to turn your body. And at the time, it was very emotional for me because at the time, my body was so weak. So even me turning my body was not even an option. I was literally, I was frozen in position, mm-hmm. you know, really emotional. I, would go, I wouldn't let people around me. I would always be in my house on my own. I would be sobbing a lot, you know. But in the back of all this, I would always tell myself, because I'm a stubborn individual, and I would always tell myself that, you know what, this is not the end of it. This is not the end of it. It's going to be a rough journey, but we're going we're gonna to do something. You know, we're going to come back. It's, it's, the, uh, it's that, that drive, even when it's like the worst of the moments, the drive of the limitations that just keeps you going forward. And with the situation of being fused to the degrees that you were with your story. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot, but you, you, you persevered, you mm-hmm. persevered and, and you, and you went through these surgeries and how long did it take you to adapt to the new body? Like how, what was the time frame? Do you remember? Yeah, that took quite a while. So the, the actual surgery itself, the next surgery, that happened in 2016, Okay, I believe. So I've been fused now for say about five years. Yeah, that's okay. about five years. Okay. So I would say it took about at least two years before I was, I was even, I was literally crippled first. I couldn't walk, I had to walk with crutches for about three years. Okay. You know, the doctors, everyone told me, look, there's not much that can be done. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I right is in all my joints. Okay. I'm a bit young for that, but that's what they said. I had arthritis. So the doctors, their prognosis was like, look, you're not, you you can never go to the gym again. We don't even know if you're going to be able to walk again without the crutches, but just see how it it goes and just stay away from exercise. Yeah, that was what they, that's what they said to me. That I was going to be crippled. So I I said, I just said, no, in my own self, I said, no, this is not what's going to happen. So the adaptation was through exercise, literally. Okay when I sat down and I did nothing about it and I kept crying and doing all that it didn't get better yeah that's crippling that yeah I felt like that's it was crippling even, I was yes I was feeling worse yeah so I thought no proactive and luckily I had some few people that I had some tough people around me you know like mm-hmm. my young he would always say tough words like bruv you can't sit down you need to be proactive about this you know he would say sim- simple words like that they go a yeah. long way you know? yeah yeah so to the right ears, they go a long way. Yeah, there's, uh, you have uh, one of your posts. I'm going to quote you on it. It's an image of you. And it says, limitation is just an opinion. Yes. And I saw that 
today and I get goosebumps because it's everything that you just said, you know, the doctors, and I hear this time and time again, the doctors say, don't lift, don't do this, don't do that. And then the debilitation is us sitting around and feeling like we can't move, but you, you went the opposite direction. You went the opposite direction and you took it one step further. You found Rick Brown, you found, you found a, you know, a slew of people on YouTube and Instagram using slush ropes, uh, using the mace. And now, and your pain, what, what is your pain level now since you have incorporated all of those things? Well, it's, so let's say back then, my pain was about an 11 out of 10. I would say now it's about a three out of 10. Some, some days is even maybe a one. Okay. And obviously we're human. We do, I do have days where they might go a bit higher. Of course. In general, I'm, I'm not really in that much pain. I, I would say I'm not in pain. And, and you are, because of that, the, the majority of your workouts are mace-based. You're not doing like presses anymore. You're not, you're not in the, um, the typical weightlifting space. You've taken it outside of the box. So, so when I go to the gym and I do the presses, I, I always make sure the weights are not very heavy and mm -hmm. I go for of reps. Okay. And if I am going to do anything heavy, I would rather go with the rotational method. Okay. I've got a very, got a very huge mace collection. Since that five kilo mace, I've got about 10 maces. What's your heaviest? 16 kilos. So it's about 33, 34 pounds. Yeah, I don't think I, I need to go any heavier than that, to be honest. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm good at 15. I can't even yeah, imagine. That, yeah, that's, that's quite a heavy weight. So 15 pounds, not kilos. Oh, pounds. Yeah, so about seven, seven kilos. Yeah, that's a decent, that's, that's around the weight I would use to maintain. Okay. You know, because I find that weight to be good. Yeah. Because the mace, you don't really want to go too heavy because it's not a, it's not a competition about strength. It's about yeah. getting patterns and, you know, continuously getting these patterns to your body moves in that way. Yeah. And it requires so much more than just a curl. You know, there's also, there's the, uh, when you're, when you're doing a 10 to two or a 360, bringing it forward, you know, the bringing your rib cage down and your pubic bone up so that you have the abdominal engagement to bring it forward requires yeah. so much more. Um, the whole operation. Yeah. And, the and the, it's yeah. for it to work. Why is it just, it just doesn't work. No, no. And that's, that's what I love. And that's, again, that's what I love, you know, seeing is that so many of us who are fused are, are learning about tools that have been around for centuries. You mm -hmm. know, it's not, it's not some new fad. That's just like, Oh, Hey, cool. It's been around. And, and it's, if and if only people can just give it a try, those that are skeptical, I mean, it's almost like a miracle solution to movement. Until you've done it, you don't realize how much you've restricted yourself by just moving in straight lines. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and it's fun. Very. It's fun. fun. People, people say, you know, you look like a badass, but it's like, it's anything but that. It's not about looking like a badass. It's just about moving your body in a way that doesn't make you feel like you have the limitations that you have. Yes. And also energizes you. And it also makes you feel very empowered. 
A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, did you ever think when you were diagnosed with scoliosis that you would be swinging a mace that is 15 kilos? No, I didn't actually. When I was (laughs) at the scoliosis, it was almost a hopeless situation, you know? I never fought, but then at the same time, I still had that fight in me, you know? Mm -hmm. I I always thought I will find a way and I will start from the grassroots and build myself up, you know? But, you know, there were times when it was hopeless and I, I almost felt like, wow, this is, this is me. This is what I'm going to be like. But I don't know. I just, I got a bit spiritual. So I believe in, if God put us on this planet, he's giving us so many options. We just have to look for them. He can't just put us on a planet and then you make one mistake and that's it. You, yeah. You're screwed. No, I believe this. There's so much diversity on this planet that if you look, you will find a solution to whatever your your issue is. You 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 share a lot of valuable lessons. Thank you. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's nice because of the journey that you have gone on. You still have the strength to move forward in ways that aren't always the case. Um, I, I'd like for you to, if you would, uh, translate your name for us because you told me, but I, I'm not gonna mess it up. <laughs> so if you could translate your name, what it means, it's a Nigerian name, but yes, tell, us, tell, us what it, tell us your Nigerian name and if you could tell us what it means uh, in English. So my first name is Olukayode and that means God brings joy. And that's why you're here. I believe so too. That's why you're here. You're here to bring joy. You're here to bring strength. You're here to take people out of their comfortable box of limitations or their scared box of limitations. And you're here again to say that limitations is just an opinion. Thank you for the words. They're yours. They're yours. And, and I was also inspired, you know, when I, when I was introduced to your, you know, it was Mr. Rick Brown mm-hmm. that directly gave me your link. He connected he, he was, us, yeah. Yeah, he connected us. He was like, yeah, I think you should connect with this lady. And then that was how we met. Yep. It was through me. And I, I, I used to watch your videos and I was like, wow, this is inspirational. Thank you know, you. sometimes you might not know, but you motivated me as well. A lot of times I would watch your videos, see your story go, coming through scoliosis, a few spine, and see the stuff you're doing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, I've got to stick to this. And it's, it's exactly what you said, you know, limitation is just an opinion. And especially when the doctor, I mean, they said it to you there, they say it to us here often, you know, you can't lift, you can't do this, you can't do that. And we're like, but it's our bodies, you know? And it's, it's I, I think a lot of times is that when we listen to our bodies, we listen to our bodies, we let our egos go and, mm-hmm. and, and know what you can do versus what you can't do because what we can't do is easy. Like we can, you know, as you mm-hmm. said, we can like sit and wallow in that, but let's take it outside of the box and let's train with a mace and let's, and see let's what train right potential can be Mm -hmm. exactly exactly and you 
I want to say you are um, the perfect candidate to show everybody what they can do. Because Thank you. your journey and your story of, you know, even before you were diagnosed and you lost all the weight and then you said, I need to switch it up. And you had the support of your friends who were like, you need to keep moving and you need to do this. And then you found out that you had scoliosis by accident. And then you mm -hmm. got fused and then it continued. And then you kept looking and you kept searching and now you're not in pain. And now you're training with unconventional modalities that have been around for centuries. Yes. It doesn't get any better than that. And it's also a testament to how much are you willing to fight for what you, for what you love. Yeah. And ultimately what we love is our life. Our life is what we love. So how much are you willing to fight for that? Just talk. <laughs> Just talk. You know, literally, and that, that's what it is. Sometimes you could be in the darkest moment in your life and you're doubting it and you're, you're, you're losing faith in humanity. You're losing faith in even your own ability. But you, you always have to have that fighting spirit inside you. Like I said in one of my posts the other day, the, the sperm was there was millions of sperms that all fought and we was the ones that made it so we were fighters from the start we started off a fighting journey and and at what point do you lose that fighting spirit yeah we're not done we're not done we're not done phases and phases to go so we need to keep the armor strong we need to keep we need to keep the soul strong so these things that happen i believe they're just tests to prove to see are you really what you you believe you're made of yeah can you this situation and go to the next level so don't ever see a situation as something that's all there to, to ruin you or to put you down there could just be a challenge to see how strong you are to see how adaptable you are and to see what level you're ready to take it to yeah and and listen to the opportunities yes listen yes. to the opportunities because they are there and they might not always present themselves as readily as you as you want them to yep it's true. It's true. Okay, I'm going to try to pronounce your name correctly. So <laughs> please excuse me if I do not. Keola. Keola, yes, that's Keola. the Keola. Okay. If anybody would like to find Keola, uh, you can find him on Instagram. That's where him and I have connected again, as he has said through Rick Brown. Um, you i'm gonna say it people need to connect with you people need to hear your words as i said limitations is just an opinion your words from your page um if anybody has any questions you can find him there on instagram under kola1185 on instagram and on youtube i'm on i think it's called real world training that's okay. one word real real world training on youtube Okay. Keola, I'd like to thank you for spreading your words, your wisdom, oh, thank you. your wisdom. Thank you. And, and, and your journey and your grace and your strength, all of it. I'd just like to thank you for being a guest on the show. And I hope that people hear this and they walk away and they don't let it go. So thank you for being a guest on the show. Oh, thank you for having me on your show. It's an honor. If you'd like to know more about what it's like training with a mace, go to my page at t3fit.com or you can find me on Instagram also under t3fit.
If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.